2: hello everybody welcome back to the talking comics podcast it is wednesday january 26th 2022 and you're listening to episode number 531 i am your host steve say and joining me for this week's show is mr bob ryer i wish i knew what was
3: going on i don't
2: but i'm here nobody knows bob nobody knows what's going on welcome to the club Aaron Amos is here too.
1: Wow, that's a cheery start to the show. My oh yeah. Okay, everyone, buckle up.
2: Doom and gloom say that's what they call me. Down by the old, uh, the old quarry. <laughs> no. yeah, I thought that was the us, guys.
0: John John Burkle is here to cheer us up. John, what do you got? Steve turns forty-one and becomes an old curmudgeon.
2: Yo. <laughs> I went to the shoppers. You heard about shoppers. I talked about them the last time we got together. I bought a heating pad with some of my birthday money.
3: Good for you. Is it a right, wet heating good. pad? There's a, a, a sponge you can put water in so it gets some moisture into your muscles? You had a, that- The only way that I can describe it, it is basically
2: a heated girdle that you strap <laughs> around your midsection and wear it like a teenage mutant ninja turtle shell and it gets a real warm I, if you let it. I think I saw one of these in Sunstone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I got the I got the leather one. Could, with the that's stars. good. You yeah.
0: got some future cosplay <laughs> out of this.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean the the packaging said harness, but I know what it is. It's a <laughs> heating blanket. Um <laughs> I don't know why I had to be 18 or over to go into the shoppers. It's new. They just opened it. But uh, anyway. (laughs) But seriously, I bought a heating pad, and it's amazing. And I put it on the back of my work chair today, and I sat upright. I sat like bolt upright to get the most out of it, and uh, it was a good time. And then every couple of articles, I would switch it onto my abdomen because I have not been having a good time the last week. Uh, But I am... Feeling a little bit better? Anyway, uh, this is the Talking Comics Podcast. We have a lot of stuff to talk about this episode. We have updates. We have uh, Patreon updates. We have site-related updates or woes. Take your pick. Uh, podcasts have been posted. That One of them was a surprise. I didn't even know about it until last night. Uh let's do the stuff first. The awards are over. Uh the Talking Comics Award show, the 10th one, is out now. If you have not listened to it, go back and listen to it. We wanted to give everybody a little bit of time to check that out firsthand before we go uh tweeting a bunch of stuff to creators to let them know that they've won. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed the show again. Uh, we will figure out something at the end of this year. Uh, to celebrate or do some kind of like personal awards or something like that. Uh, never fear. Never fear. We keep getting messages going this way and that about ending the award stuff. It's not necessarily going away, it's just going to change a little bit more. Last we'll week was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was. It was. It was a lot of fun. And look, look, this is our show. If we decide. Ooh, that so we awesome. want to do something similar <laughs> we can that's how it works but i think we're going to revisit some stuff and we're gonna we're gonna maybe yeah. make it not as competitive uh because i never feel good about that aspect of things uh and i don't really love ranking yeah artists all the time we're not even artists like creators in general or books in general like i i really agonize over a lot it's a lot of stress at the end of the year that i do not need so uh we will figure it out uh i mentioned the site talkingcomicbooks.com is uh let's just call it under maintenance at the moment uh we it's back up but not really uh we're missing some content it's kind of a mess and uh, we don't know if we're going to do a hard reset, if we're going to try to fix what's there. We do have everything. So if anybody that's writing for the site is listening to this show and you're like, oh, my God, uh, we have things backed up. So it's all there. We just don't have a way to uh, enter it back in or put any of the like podcast posts in retroactively. Uh, we will in time. It's just it's going to take a little bit. But in the meantime, we can still post podcasts. So if you're looking for the shows, that's what we've got right now. If you're subscribed, you are all good to go. Uh, We had a productive Patreon meeting. Did did you now? Yes, we did. (laughs) Yes, we did. Uh, We put out the bat signal and a few of us – it was very last minute. We got together and – I, uh, I Come came now, up with Bob. Some absolutely... At least you weren't
0: asked to leave.
2: Maybe <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I totally kicked John out of the meeting.
1: <laughs> technically, he was being
2: a little too, a little too disruptive guess... for, uh, for for anybody to get anything
1: done, and he had to go. I think technically, you kicked his child out of the meeting.
0: You, you kicked my well,
2: well,
1: two-year-old Nora out of the meeting
0: when all she Look. wanted was M&Ms from her uncle Steve. <laughs> um all right
2: send me give me your address at the end of the show and i will send you some m&ms but you always, i will sh- sugar the crap out of your kid so that she never rests and you have a grand old time
0: okay i take it back
2: <laughs> yeah yeah don't 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 test me, John. I will. I have, I have given. I'm not going to say that. That sounds terrible. Um, I've given candy to a lot of little girls. Yeah, that's my friends. My friends' kids love me because if they mention something with like money or food or whatever, I'm usually pretty generous. My friends' kid ended up getting like $15 in curse words out of us one night when we were playing a uh, board game thing. <laughs> and I actually like Venmoed her 15 bucks <laughs> for every time that I cursed that night. She kept it ta- like a tab. Oh. It was great. And uh, they didn't think I was going to do it, but I actually did it. Cause I thought it was adorable. She was, she was on point. There you go. I, I like, you know, you came up with a good idea anyway. Um, So we've got new art uh that I made hmm. that we are going to I'm just kidding. Hmm. <laughs> Joey's losing his mind. <laughs> Joey's not here, so Joey can't just, you know, fawn all over himself. But uh Mr. Joseph Bracino was noodling around and uh found some new art that we're gonna be using for Talking Comics when we do kind of this like soft relaunch stuff uh with the Patreon. We finalized some of our Patreon tiers. Uh, we figured out some pricing. We are going to be making our schedule to create that content so that we can bring it to you. Uh, and so that stuff is actually happening and we are, we are very happy about it. And, uh, we're almost there. We're almost there. I know that some of you have just got holes burning in your wallets, So (laughs) just hang tight. And, uh, we will launch that as soon as it's ready. Uh, speaking of ready, are you guys ready for a random question from me? Sure. This is the part where you say yes. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Um, I was doing some work stuff earlier today, and a thought occurred occurred to me. I have never read Secret Invasion. So, Marvel is making a secret invasion show slash Film in parts, yes, yes. Apparently okay.
0: they are.
3: So here's the they thing: might not come out till 2023, but yes, they are making it.
0: Wasn't that one right. of the things that was removed from the lineup? That's possibly? one of them.
2: Yeah. yeah,
3: they're filming it right now.
0: Yeah,
2: right. So they're probably just pushing the date. I would imagine. I, would, I don't. Yeah. I, they're not. I don't think they're No, no, no.
3: Just moving it out.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, so here's my question. I'm looking at the main. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for Secret Invasion, and I'm looking at the main characters list. This story features the New Avengers, the Mighty Avengers, Fantastic Four, X Men, Nick Fury, the Initiative, Thunderbirds, Inhumans, the Scrolls, uh, Scroll Kill Q. I don't know who Skrull that is. Scroll Kill, Kill, Kill Crew. Oh, Kill Crew. That's what it says. There are
0: people who ate the when the original Scrolls were turned into the cows in Fantastic Four. Was it number three, Bob? Number 2. Number 2. Uh, that th- those cows were processed and made into hamburgers and people ate them and got superpowers and now they spend their time hunting scrolls. Right. It, it, oh, it, I want to eat a superpowered
2: hamburger. It, it
3: goes into mm-hmm. Avengers the the Skrull Scroll War with which yeah. uh, and also into John Burn's FF Annual yeah. 17 where the yeah. people in the town yeah. were drinking the milk from the cows.
0: <laughs> it's a whole thing.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, thing? so also just to round it off Hood's Crime Syndicate, Norman Osborn and Marvel Boy also known as Novar. My question is this. With them doing Moon Knight, She-Hulk, Ms. Marvel, The Marvels and and other things that are in the works, what do uh what does this look like? Like what is the rep- like what is the who are they going to feature in the sec- their version of Secret Invasion, like the MCU
3: version of this movie? So far, Does anybody have you any idea. Ben Mendelssohn's in it already. You've got him in it. You've got Colby Smulders. It's a shield sword thing starting. Yeah. And they'll. Okay. How, how do you know anything about this, Steve, before John and I start spoiling everything? no I really I don't at all okay the, the scrolls were lo- after the destruction of their homeworld am I getting this right John again the order yeah. is correct yeah they they decide that they need to find new homes and new things to do and they create a secret invasion force by kidnapping replacing heroes and people of power so that that will presage a real invasion later on kind of right am I close? <laughs>
0: Yeah, and then they, they they found a technique so they could um, get around, read Richard's scroll detector. Yeah. And so some of them had been, the way that, this is a Bendis book, and the way that they did it is that some of the heroes that we've known for years were actually scroll imposters. <gasps> and so it was a way for, it was really a way to clean up some, like, if you want to bring back some of the classic heroes without all of the things done to them in the 90s, you could do that um the main the the queen was should i should i spoil it bob go for it was spider woman and so th- what i think that they're going to do here is this is a way for them to clean up some of the stuff that they might not want around anymore uh or maybe introduce different people to be different characters um going Absolutely. forward do you think that this... We're just going to gonna call it a
2: show, because I think it is episodic. I think it's a miniseries, uh, yeah. Okay. Do you think that the MCU's version of this story looks anything like the original, or are we getting like an entirely new interpretation of this scenario?
3: It's Civil look- War. It's going to be their own version yeah. of it. It won't look anything
0: okay. like it, because it's not building out of the new Avengers and the mighty Avengers that, that the Bendis was doing, like... I think three books at once when he when he did this. They're just using it, yeah, Bob's right. They're just using like the Civil War title. They'll use the secret invasion. It'll have scrolls in it, but I, I don't yeah. I don't think it's gonna it'll it'll probably have some thematic elements, but it's not gonna be a direct adaptation.
3: And might we see was, might uh, we see one hero who we like not being the person we think could be just for fun?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Yeah, it was really the Moon Knight trailer that got me thinking about this because after watching that, I was, I just realized that I have absolutely no idea what they're working toward. Like in the very beginning of the MCU, we knew that they were working up to the Avengers, and then things after that, we knew that eventually they would get to like this giant finale, Endgame, and Infinity War thing. Uh, I just don't have even the slightest clue what the MCU looks like going forward. It just seems like they're hitting so many different marks that I don't know how it's all going to come together or if it were, if it is at all. I don't, I don't think, think, they think they it's going to come together. Yeah.
1: I don't think it's supposed to come together anymore. I think the Avengers path did exactly what it was supposed to do. It got a whole bunch of people in the door and got them all interested in what Marvel – could be, or, or was, or, or, you know, in the books, et cetera, et cetera. And now it's just sort of carte blanche to do whatever, you know, create as many segments of the universe as you want. They wanted, I think they want the MCU to be exactly what the comic yeah. universe is right mm-hmm. now, just diverse and out there and connected if they need it to be, but not if they don't, and, you know, go from it, there.
0: It's kind of like the classic Marvel comic where, you know, somebody might just pop in for a couple panels and then and pop out So it's all connected, but everybody's going to have their own little corner that, you know, you might want to go watch Moon Knight, but you have no interest in sitting down and watching Endgame and Infinity War. Yeah. Uh, So Uh, you can find your little corner of the Marvel Universe. And that's why I don't, you know, some of the shows might connect to the larger picture and some of them are just going to be these these little intimate stories maybe i
1: think it's going to be yeah, just like, like you know just the way that every time you want to establish every time they want to establish that this is a part of the MCU or something is a part of the MCU they always reference the incident in new york mm-hmm. you know it brings it all back to a single point and yeah. and that's how you know where you are Mm. Mm -hmm. the blip
3: we can drop in a guest star or you can have people meet Mm -hmm. up in movies you have the marvels with three characters in it you have doctor strange the multiverse of menace with folks in it and that'll continue to happen but maybe not in that bigger way though i think we will see the young avengers in some version
0: I think a lot of the movies are going to be connected still and probably build. I mean, I know they're going to do like Avengers five and six and they're Mm -hmm. going to do the Fantastic Four. So I think there will be an overarching big story arc build towards something else. But I don't think every every show or every thing is going to connect to it again.
2: Now, do you think that the reason that they took it off the schedule and that there's going to be a delay and it's probably not coming out till 2023 is because they're possibly moving Fantastic Four up because there have been
0: rumors that they're starting casting calls for that now. Maybe, or I think they might. I mean, they took a year off. They might just be a little behind or have things in the queue and they they just don't need to get to it right away. And sometimes if they get locked in, they they might want to reshuffle some things.
3: Hmm. Some things may connect better in a different order. And so you move them
0: around? Yeah, because they might want to do Miss Marvel right before Marvel's comes out. Right. And so, and then, yeah, so they might just, I mean, they're about a year behind on their movies because of the delay. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I'll i will get, I mean, in this stand, this goes for anybody
2: creating anything in the world right now. But the idea that these things are even getting made and mm-hmm. getting done over the last two years in this pandemic that we've been living in is pretty remarkable.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's, uh, man everybody's got to be on the same page with that stuff because all it takes is one person to <laughs> shut it all down. Black
3: Panther? <laughs> Sorry. I, I had a yeah. little, had think a little of, cough think there. Of, yeah, think of Tom Cruise yelling at those people on the set when they were all testing positive back a year and a half ago. Those yeah. movies
0: got pushed back a year,
3: yeah.
2: too. Uh, yeah, they're keeping the date for Top Gun Maverick, but 7 and 8 for Mission Impossible yeah. are getting pushed and, like, pushed hard. Yeah. So... But that's the way it goes. He has to go play
3: Iron Man. You know.
0: Yeah. Oh, they keep <laughs> our
2: theaters are still closed?
3: Yes, they're teasing the heck out of that. Who
0: knows? Oh, your yours are. How long are they closed? Do they give a date?
3: They're closed date?
0: until the thirty first.
3: Okay, that's what that's that's next
0: week. Yeah, Omicron uh, Omicron is dropping. Our numbers are dropping rapidly. I know yours well, that's are, aren't they?
3: Yeah, we're we're around ten percent now. We were twenty seven percent ten days ago.
0: Yeah, so hopefully this is burning out and as we get maybe toward the spring and warmer weather we can get back to some normalcy a little bit like
1: we oh were Oh god, I remember those same exact phrases in twenty twenty.
0: Shut up, Darren <laughs> <laughs>
1: Exact same phrases.
0: Like my diet. This time I mean it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It's just. It's just like New Year's resolutions. Oh my my god. My comic book New Year's resolution went out the window. I think like the afternoon on January (laughs) first. Wait
0: till you see my poll list this week. (laughs) Oh god.
2: Yeah. We're we're off to a a pretty. (laughs) Yeah, we're off to a pretty crushing start. Uh, this year, I've noticed that there's been a couple of chunky weeks uh, and then we're only we're still in January, right?
0: Yeah, I used to have one big week of, a month and now it seems like I have one little week a month.
2: I'll tell you, like I thought that I was reading a lot for the awards. I've been cranking out books for the past like week and a half. I only listed a few things for my lightning round, but I've been yeah. reading a ton of stuff over the last couple of days. It was freeing to get into
0: some books that weren't the award stuff. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. I mean I, I loved I loved the awards books and I and found some really yeah. gems there, but it was nice to just like I I must have read like 20 books this weekend and it, like it was just nice.
2: There's a difference between assigned reading and then just walking into a smorgasbord and the person hands you a plate and yeah. like a one of those ladles and it's just like go nuts and you can pick whatever you want and pile it on. Like I, I'm catching up with a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. now. And, like, I'm all caught up with Once the Future. I'm catching up with all of my Batman stuff. There's been some really solid Batman books in the last couple of years. Let me tell you. Yeah. I'll talk about two of them tonight. Um, anyway, before we get too far away from it, I'm going to pull something from the news section uh, because we would mentioned it so many times. We might as well talk about it really quick. Uh, the Moon Knight trailer was dropped by marvel like a kind of a not a surprise drop they were like oh it's sunday it's gonna happen on monday and uh this was a much bigger trailer than i'd anticipated i thought maybe we would get like a shot of moon knight and like something from the promotional materials that have already leaked uh and then the title card but we got like a full ass mm-hmm. trailer of oscar isaac as mark specter and or Jake Lockley boy,
3: or whoever else he is. Yeah,
2: this looks trippy as hell, and I am all about it. It looks brilliant. It looks like, it looks like a movie. It doesn't look like a show to me. Um, I just I'm wondering if this is going to have like a little bit more of a cinematic quality than say something like Hawkeye. Um, but I was really really taken by this. I've I've dabbled very little in Moon Knight. And I swear, after this trailer, it did exactly what it's supposed to do, where as soon as it was done that night, I was on uh, Comixology looking for, like, Moon Knight books and sales and downloading my Jeff Lemire stuff and whatever, because I want to get reacquainted with the character before I dive in. But I was really surprised to see, like, a lot of the iconography that I'm already familiar with, like that giant death bird thing that's chasing him down the hallway in the trailer. That thing is in there. That thing's terrifying. Uh, and just the the way that his his warped reality was represented in that trailer, whoever cut that together did a really really good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just I'm I'm stoked. I'm I'm really glad to be getting into something that I know very very little about. We've hit that point in the MCU where like it's new even to me, and I'm I'm
0: really excited by that. Uh, John, did you get to check it out? I did. I watched it right. We, it came out right when we were recording last week. And so I I watched it right after we were done. And I I, I love Moon Knight. Uh, I went back in the early 80s. I was reading the the Doug Munch, Bill Sienkiewicz. You should really go back and read that. I think that, that's, that's something the you one. Really like, yeah. Steve. Uh, it, it has that. Which, who is that again? Doug Munch and Bill Uh It's the it's in. Uh, you don't have Marvel Unlimited, do you? Um, I do not. Yeah, shoot, we have to figure out how to get you this. But uh, that dude, I, I'll buy it. I love the mystical aspect, the 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 multiple personalities. Uh, that was that was the god Kanushu chasing him down the the hallway. Uh, Ethan Hawke looks looks creepy as,
3: as oh, I I can't think of the name Doctor somebody. He only appeared once yeah. or twice, I think. But
0: yeah, yeah I've seen some stills. No, this is this is one of those shows that uh, it's probably going to be like Loki and WandaVision and it's it just kind of blows us away with the the quality um and, and yeah, I do hope that it has a, a more movie vibe because it's got a it's got an A caliber cast here, so yeah. uh, I'm very looking forward to this. Yeah, Oscar Isaac
2: using this very like mousy mm-hmm. voice. Yeah. Uh Bob, how about you? Well, uh,
3: just what John's saying that we're going to dive into this multiple personality thing you sort of back then they were crossing batman and the shadow in a way the shadow had multiple secret identities but in this case there were multiple identities in this character and that that changed things it was really grounded always stylish and here what i'm hoping for is something out of the ordinary we don't want just a Batman show when he's beating up things and that this trailer gave us Kanchu gave us all this, what world is he in He picks up that gun and looks at us like, I've never seen a gun before.
4: Yeah. Well, yeah.
3: the guy who was in the truck two minutes ago, who you were, knew what it was and why it was there. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Honestly, the Marvel shows so far have been all very, very watchable. Some are off the charts, incredibly good. None of them have been bad. Some have been, uh, look, what if it's spotty only in that it's an anthology? The the standalone shows, well, this Falcon, Winter Soldier, Hawkeye, WandaVision, Loki, have all found an audience. They've all done very well. They've all been true to what they were trying to do. And I don't think this will be any different. Looking forward to it a lot. And I have to say, I didn't see it until I saw someone else point it out. There's a Dr. Doom Easter egg. Oh. What is in oh. that truck? Really? What is There's it? The boxes behind him. <laughs> Save on Doom. Oh, no. oh, cool.
1: That's cool. Aaron, did you uh, get a chance to check this out? I did watch it. I'll be honest. I have never understood the character of Moon Knight, uh, but I have to say this, this preview, this trailer made me really interested in watching the show. I, I'm definitely going to watch it. One thing I'm going to do differently is I'm not... This is going to be the show that I'm going to watch, that I'm not going to have any significant background on. I'm not gonna. I'm going to go in and watch it for what it is. I don't. I don't want to, you know, dig into a variety of different, um, you know, past runs, primarily because I kind of want to just see what it feels like to come in and and not have that yeah. leading or, or or influencing what my expectations are for it, and sort of see how it how it stands on its own. I think a lot of what we've watched so far has. Been influenced. I can say every single show so far has been influenced by what my expectations were. I'm going to go in without any expectations and sort of see how it stands on its own. So I'm excited about that. I think that's a great. Right, way with to do that it. being yeah, with yeah. that being said though, Steve, there is um, a bunch of different arcs and stuff about Moon Knight on Comics All's Young
2: Is there? Mm-hmm.
1: I've been just hmm. I've been looking while we've been chatting.
2: That's the one that I do have. So, yay for me. Uh, yeah, I don't know. See, now you got me thinking. Maybe maybe I'll dive into it not. I, well, it's coming out in what? March? Yeah, the end of so, March. So yeah, I'm sure that I can kill a few weeks not reading Moon Knight and then dive into it like half half blind, I would say. Um I don't know. I don't not know anything about the character. Did I say that right? Yes. Um I know some stuff. I'm I'm vaguely familiar, but uh, somebody like gave me a moon night quiz, I would assuredly fail it. So uh Moon Knight Conshu the end. That's about Mark it. That's it. Yeah. Uh cool ass cape that often looks like a half moon when he jumps, which I really like. Now
3: is he gonna tie into the Halloween show they're doing with Werewolf by Night? Because that would be fun.
2: Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. I did not put that in the news. Nice. Um I maybe. possibly I don't know he's had a connection with
0: werewolves in the past
3: yes he has (sighs) with
0: his silver
2: moon shaped throwing (laughs) things it
3: all works very well amazing
2: Mm -hmm. Um, all right I think that'll that'll do it for the Moon Knight stuff do you guys want to jump into books or do you want to just knock the rest of this news out what do you think we're newsy let's go for it all right yeah let's just let we'll, we'll get through these really quick um, I put this in here because I thought it was cool, but uh, Apple TV Plus yes. has snagged the Godzilla and Titans series based on uh, Legendary's MonsterVerse, of course. Uh, but one of the one of the big things in here, uh, the series will be produced by Legendary Television and executive produced by co-creators Chris Black, who will also serve as showrunner, and Matt Fraction. Yes. Alongside Safe House Pictures is uh, Joby Harold and Tori Tunnel of Toho, uh, I guess Co. Company Ltd. Anyway, Matt Fraction is helping to make a Godzilla series. He's he, what is he? What is the world anymore? He
3: is he is a Godzilla fan. It was I don't know a couple of years back where they did he and Kelly Sue did a birthday party for the kids. And they did a kaiju party where they actually built a a miniature city that filled up their house so the kids could run around and smash it. Oh, my God. So you're talking a guy who knows his Godzilla lore. This is going to be great. Oh, that's
2: amazing. That's a dream come true. Right? I would love to do that now. (laughs) I'm with you. I'm with you seriously that's a oh man that's he that feels to me and I, I think they've done this or maybe it was just the wrestling thing but that feels like something to me that you could do at a comic-con like as an event like you have to pre-register and they like you either come as your own kaiju or something like that and they they set up these breakable buildings and objects and stuff and you basically just get to go nuts i think that would be great
3: I was very disappointed that whatever it was, eight years, nine years ago, where they had Kaiju Big Battle at the Con, and we didn't get to go.
4: Oh. Do
3: you guys know? I, I know you know what we're talking about because you, you yeah. yeah it? Yeah. John Aaron. Do you know what Kaiju Big Battle is? No. I do not. It was this <laughs> very bizarre wrestling show that wasn't wrestlers as such, as it was giant monsters, which included cans of tomato soup and giant chicken sandwiches who would fight in the ring with little cities that they could smash on each other and they, the giant bugs would show up. It was this bizarre mashup of everything you could imagine. And they had announcers and the whole mess. And they actually did a show at one of the Comic-Cons we ran. It was, I think it was the Saturday night we were doing a meetup. And so I had to pass. But I came across this. Someone recommended to me in, in my video store. I actually had, it for, I had some of the disc for rent. And maybe it was a year or so ago. I was in my local Savers, the second-hand store, and I'm going through the DVDs, as I often do for the $3 bargains. There on the shelf was not only a Kaiju Big Battle disc, but the Kaiju Big Battle disc from 112 Video.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It's like, oh, I had to have
3: that. So it's... It, Kung, you know, Kung Fu chicken versus the, the you know, the, the, some giant reptile. And that's what that's about. But uh, that this show, the only thing is Apple TV. Uh, does anyone get Apple TV around here? Yeah.
0: yeah Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And he, I brought a new, uh, I mean, I had already, but I got a new um, MacBook. So I got a year free, just yeah. got a new iPhone, got another year free. Ah. So. I'm good. I, I got this. John's sitting pretty over yeah. there with his apple tree. And, uh, that's I got all I got mine. and my son's obsessed with Godzilla. So this was good. Is
3: it? I'm assuming it's going Berkeley. to be a continuation of the, the movies, right? I believe this what? comes bef- between King of the Monsters and Godzilla versus Kong. Is the one thing I had read.
2: All right. <laughs> Uh, did you have come two up great, with name? yeah we have two great episode titles so far <laughs> so we've got scroll burger and Burkle appleseed <laughs> <laughs> uh pew, 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 breaking news i'm not kidding uh Batgirl, ivory Aquino to play um A L Y S A Alyssa Yao, thank you Bob Uh, First trans character in a live action DC film Damn right Nice Yeah, joining the cast that includes Leslie Grace, J.K. Simmons, Brendan Fraser uh, Michael Keaton And Jacob uh, Scipio, I think that is And so Batgirl is based on The DC comics created by writer Gail Simone and artist Adrian uh, Syaf Syaf? S-Y-A-F Syaf I guess. Siaf. Yeah. Apologies. Sorry about that. Um, sometimes I read too fast and I don't take time to figure this stuff out. Anyway, um, that's fantastic. Yay. Yay.
1: Nice.
2: Uh, yeah, the stuff matters and that's awesome. Uh, okay, back to our outline. That was just a nice little aside right there. What do we got here? Uh, all right, you guys are going to have to help me with this one. Captain America, Sam Wilson, and Steve Rogers land two solo Marvel series. Uh, this is coming from CBR, by the way.
0: They did that a few years ago when the, with the whole Hydra cap. where One book is specific to Sam and him, and then the other one was all Steve.
1: I was so, wondering if maybe I was imagining that we'd seen this before.
0: Yeah, we, it was just a few years ago, and then... The Sam Wilson, book, it was by um, oh, uh, Spence Nick Spencer, did both of them, mm-hmm. and, and I really liked the Sam Wilson book, and it had um Misty Knight was his partner, mm-hmm. and he, that's where he turned, he got turned into, uh, Wolf Cap for a while. Yeah, we introduced to that. The, the new Falcon. Yeah, yeah. Wolf Cap, Wolf Cap. But the, I mean, the, I I like this, but I was Arby Silva's on it, and that means Arby Silva's leaving Fantastic Four, which yeah. is sad.
2: Hmm. Uh, So this says, as revealed by Entertainment Weekly, a new one-shot titled Captain America Zero will release in April. The title, which uh, will be written by writers Colin Kelly, Jackson Glanzig, and Tochi Anabuchi, and artist uh, Mattia DeUlis – that's cool Mm – explores why there are two Captain Americas – Lanzig described the book as uh, as not a setup for plot, but instead a conversation between Steve and Sam about what it means to be Captain America at the same time. Uh, they'll have this conversation while flying, holding onto the side of a massive rocket headed into the sky to obliterate all mankind between <laughs> Arnim Zola uh, and – because Arnim Zola is back and he's got a bad plan.
3: Always does. Okay.
0: reference there.
3: Yes, Absolutely. So
1: yeah,
0: often when I'm um, on the side of a rocket, I have deep, meaningful conversations
1: too. What better time? What better time?
0: <laughs> we'll focus on Sam while also
2: featuring Joaquin Torres as Falcon, symbol of truth.
3: Okay, there's a lot. There's a lot
2: of information. Right,
3: this. the Sam book it, that will come, there'll be two books following Sam's comes first, which is symbol of truth, and and Cap is what Sentinel of Liberty. Yeah, I think it was. What yeah,
2: doing. Sentinel of Liberty will launch. Uh, Kelly Lanzig, and Carmen Carnero.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. Focuses on Steve. Uh, something about Greatest Generation. While he'll still be Captain America, he'll be spending quite a bit of time working as a civilian.
3: Well, he's, he's been a, been a, comic, a comic book comic artist, correct? he's been yeah. a policeman, yeah. he could do all sorts of things.
2: Yeah, they're saying that they learned a lot from the ta Coates run, uh, that that was a big influence on this I hope so. so. That's encouraging.
3: Yes, let's just was get
2: a some good.
0: consistent artwork. Yeah, yeah, because that's really the downfall of that book. I mean, that was a great run with just subpar artwork. Amen. All right. Well, we shall see. I was really. I got
2: to get the rest of that uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates run. I read the first two volumes and really enjoyed it. I need to. I need mm-hmm. to wrap that up. Uh, does anybody else have any other thoughts on this before I move on to the next
1: story? Nope, we're good.
2: Excellent. Uh, Heat Vision, also known as the Hollywood Reporter or vice versa, says that there's a new Sandman universe comic to be written by James Tynan IV. Is it the guy with the That's, gas mask? Wait, back. Yeah. What is? Uh, what's this about? Uh, it's called Nightmare Country, and it will focus on the serial killer known as the Corinthian. Oh, interesting.
0: That goes back to the um, early days of Gaiman's Run.
2: Man, that is that is such a huge gap in my comic book reading
0: because that's where they were going to the um Serial Killer Convention in the in the middle of Nebraska, I think it was.
2: Uh, drawn by Alessandro Estherin. I know that name. Why do I know that name? Uh, Good question. I'll have to look them up, but oh, but I, I definitely know the name. Uh, oh, who pre- oh, previously did artwork for Redneck? That's awesome. That's a great series. Uh, each issue will also feature a guest artist. Oh, there you go. <laughs> who will create a nightmare dream sequence? With the first being drawn by Yannick Paquette. Mm. Sweet. Uh, the debut issue is due to be released April twelfth. Uh, I'm interested in this. I still need to pick up the rest of the dreaming, because the G. Will Wilson series was very intriguing and very cool. Steve, I need to uh, get that,
3: Steve, too. Steve, do you remember, it must be ten years ago, when it was it was coming back? <laughs> and oh, yeah. It was... The first issue came out, and then the second issue didn't. They did the first issue director's cut, because yeah. the second issue wasn't ready, and then just every issue was late, and they were all gorgeous. Oh, my God. Was it was it Christian mm-hmm. Ward?
0: No, it was J.H.
2: No. Williams. J.H. Williams, yes. Yes.
3: yes.
0: yes. Wasn't that Sandman overture? Yes. yes. Okay. I've never finished that. I don't think they no, finished I, it. I, <laughs> I don't know if they did. I just, God. yeah.
2: One of these days, one of these years, I'll just take the entire year to go through... The Sandman stuff. This will be the Sandman corner on my lightning rounds. <laughs> Guy, go back and read Sandman <laughs> Mystery Theater. That was the best. I got them all, man. I got all of it. I've never, I've, I've barely made it through the first volume. I just, well, I've picked it up three times and just can't do it. Sandman
0: Mystery Theater was uh, Matt Wagner and Guy Davis and set in the 1940s, like mystery. Mm-hmm. So it's the it's the golden age Sandman, but they linked him to Gaiman Sandman. It, it, it was really well done. Um, I yeah, I've read the game in Sandman. It, it's, it's. I think it's a must-read at this point in time, but it's it's probably not as groundbreaking today as it was when it hmm. first came out. That uh, Netflix live action show is right around the corner.
4: Yeah, that's uh, that's, that's going to be coming. Out. I'm strange, really excited yeah. for that.
2: That might be that might be what pushes me into doing it. We'll see. We'll find out later this year. Uh, let's move on to our final story, and then we'll get into our it's- lightning rounds. So this is coming from... Yeah, yeah. You want to know what grinds my gears? Uh, this is coming from Out. Uh, out.com. Superman writer turns death threats into LGBTQ plus donations. Jesus. First all,
0: <laughs> God damn it. Tom people. Taylor. I see you. Uh-huh. And
2: I, I tip my hat. Well played. Well done. <laughs> uh, to the people sending said death threats assholes fuck you stop okay i'll get me Just, started with the story mm, stop uh yeah we don't have to we don't have to go into the ins and outs of this but uh this is basically a direct attack on tom taylor for writing uh john kent into superman son of kal-el as a by character and currently uh romanticaling with jay nakamura and it is uh, our spoilers for the the best of the year podcast, but at one of our best series of the year, because it is it is a joy to read. It is absolutely outstanding. And that entire team deserves a lot of a lot of just credit and good words for for the effort that they're putting into that book. Um, that's not the way I imagine that coming out in my head, but I think you, you get don't
0: one, you mean one, talking one. award or talking comics award winner writer, Tom Taylor Turns mm-hmm. down death threats from. Yes, I was, biggots, I was really, concerned. It was because of all the war. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: Jesus, people, it's twenty twenty two. Go back to your fucking yeah, You know, I think yeah. what
1: triggered me the most about this when I read this yeah. when I you know when I recommended it was the the comment. The, the line, the move to make Superman bisexual has even been criticized by f- another former Superman conservative actor, <laughs> Dean Kane, oh. oh. You know, last seen eating a bag of dicks, but Taylor's not letting him bring him down. And instead, Screamer reports that he's turning his hate to positive uh, things. And I love that he responds to the individual's. You know, who are responding? Like he copies, he 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 screen captures, he's like like so many before you, I made a donation in your name. I love it. I love it. I just love <laughs> it. He's like he's targeted, he wants them to know. So I love it. I'm all about this.
0: Yeah.
2: So not only did Taylor make a donation this time, but it seems like he's been making donations in the name of people who yeah. send him death threats and hate over Superman being by for a while now, and awesome. we don't think he's about to stop anytime soon. Love it! I love it's it. it's a classy way to handle it. Um, I'm not going to read some of these no. tweets and death no. threats, but I'll just I'll end this for me personally. What are you doing? Uh, gosh, what are you doing? Horrible. He should really- take a look around. Take a look around at the world. Look at the state that we're all in right now. Like do you ha- do you really have the time to be this hateful and to go after people doing good work? The world does not revolve around you. Let it go. Other people get to have their stories told too. Okay?
0: And if, and if you are a fan of Superman, shame on you. Because yeah. this is what Superman has always been the defender of the outsider and becomes the mainstream. So, yeah. And I just love that somewhere out there there's a donation to an LGBTQ
1: <laughs> center in the name of
0: Dean Cain. Absolutely. <laughs>
1: Honest to God, if he put. If he opened up like a GoFundMe page where he can, where we can like donate money to his fund that he would be using to donate to these LDP. I honestly, God, would donate to it in a minute. Oh, I would. Like just, I would just start a just start a GoFundMe or something, and I would I would literally just send you money to make the donations when they come in. So if we ever get the Patreon
0: <laughs> off the table and we can reach out to Tom Taylor, I'm, I'm all you. for that.
1: I would absolutely
2: do it. I'll send him an email with just the word in all caps, collab question mark. <laughs> I get those all the time. Oh my god, it's so <laughs> annoying. <laughs> no, I don't auto-reply. Um, yeah, so get bent and um, just just don't. Alright? Alright? Right? Oh, all Alright, let's uh, I think that's gonna do it for the news. We've got uh, a listener question to get to a little bit later. But uh, I think it's time for some lightning rounds. Uh, Bob, I would like for you to go first because you have a book on – you have two books on here
3: that I'm dying to talk about. Okay. (laughs) Hopefully after I talk about them, you'll still want to talk about them. Let's go. I really (laughs) hope you like the one that I'm thinking of because I loved it. Go ahead. All right. Just saying – Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, number seven of eight, looks astounding thanks to the artistry of Bilquis Everly and colorist Matthias Lopes. The words by Tom King, not so much in my humble opinion. Moving on, Defenders number five by Al Ewing, Javier Rodriguez, and Joe Carmagna concludes this especially spacey and should have been award-winning miniseries. (laughs) We're back to the third cosmos, so far back that neither magic nor science have been invented yet. Now as the cover says, we finally see the masked raider revealed, an event that might turn the tide in the battle to save all existence, but in whose favor is rather up in the air. But as there is an air in this cosmos, look, it's it's really it's really complicated, as has been this entire amazing mini series, and that has been in the most delightful way. Look, outright plug here, buy this as a trade as you're gonna want to be caught up when the defenders return this summer. Ooh. Ooh. She hulk You're here first. You're here first. (laughs) She Hulk number one by Rainbow Roll, Roger Antonio, Rico Renzi, and Joe Carmagna was just everything I was hoping for. First, I'm just so happy we're off of this savage She-Hulk nonsense that they've permeated Jennifer Walter's narrative with for look far too long. As here we're reintroduced to her life as an attorney, and one that's just starting out a new job for an old Frenemy, I guess the kids would say, and you'd call Mallory Book from the old dance lot run. It's also a fun guest spot by Janet Van Dyne, a tussle with Titania that is probably going to lead to something really interesting in the hero villain contretemps, as they they say in France. Plus a shocking finale that features the return of someone who shouldn't be returning because, well, he's dead. But it's comics, <laughs> so you know stuff happens. When is that ever stopped That's very true. This one, he was really pretty dead twice, at least. Anyway, I've been away from Catwoman since Joel Jones exited the series, but in flipping through this new issue at the store, it had me so intrigued with the words and images that I picked it up, and after reading it, I added it to my pull list instantly. Yeah, it was so good. Lee Howard has brought Selina Kyle both back to Gotham, and back as a forceful character. She's on a mission here to at least partially cleanse her neighborhood of the influence of a whole cadre of crime bosses. And in that role, Tina gives us some really special moments that show off a great grasp of Selina as a person, as a character, as a hero, as an anti-hero. And you've got absolutely stunning art here by Nico Leon and Jordi Belair, and they just amplify all the nuances that Teeny Howard's going for. Look, Catwoman 39 is hopefully all that the cover states, the first issue of a new era I'm in. That's it. I
2: I loved every single page and <laughs> panel of the new Catwoman. I'm so glad that I read it today before we got together for this episode. Holy crap. First of all, this book is beautiful. It is so gorgeous. The Nico Leone and, uh, Jordi Belair artwork together is positively stunning. There are so many like just crazy evocative pages and panels. There's this one, um, instance where like Cat Selena thinks that her place may be getting broken into And she literally hops onto a shelving unit in the apartment and is crouching down Mm -hmm. like a cat would if it was freaked out. And I just – I lost it. I lost it for that panel. (laughs) The outfits in this comic are so good and not just her her like Catwoman costume, but her just walking around like a boss. Like she's got these crazy shades on, this absolutely gorgeous jacket, this all black getup. Her like – kind of squatting in an apartment of this place that she's casing and the kind of like flipping of uh, gender norms and stuff like that. And and talking about the equality uh, things within the club. It was so biting and it was such great commentary. It was a really great opener of like letting you know where Selena stands at the start of this run and what she's not willing to tolerate and how she's gonna tell it like it is, and I just ate it up. It was it was incredible. I loved it. I can't I can't wait to read the next issue. I'm really, really stoked. I've been collecting all of the Catwoman stuff. Like I got the Rom V stuff and, and all the Joelle Jones stuff before that. And I was gonna do like a big catch up and I was afraid to jump into this, but once I did, like it is a perfect, perfect jumping on point, I think for for this character completely agree um completely agree. yeah i can't say yeah. enough nice things about it it's real and there's also like they introduce a cool new character that's i mean at least new to me uh that's running around and it's dense like there's a lot of book in this first issue and i believe it's only 25 pages it feels like a double issue
3: Lots of in, words, in lots of good words. Yeah, lots of characters, lots of words, but lots of captions. Lots, of very old fashioned and yet new at the same time. Oh my god! Just the the panel placements are so
2: genius, and her, oh man, I I just I absolutely love it. It's so good. Um, yeah, and She Hulk I thought was also incredible. I love the kind of it has a little bit of a slice of life flavor. To it so far with kind of following Jen uh, through her day and kind of realizing where she's at and I I, I like the whole I mean I don't like to see her being down and out but I, I like the idea of her kind of starting from scratch and them doing like a, an honest to good reboot with this character after so many misfires with her in the last little while yeah. so it seems like she's in really good hands and the both art and, and story uh were great. And I love the uh Titania and Jen stuff. Like the resolution to their scuffle was just so good.
3: Uh, moving forward, that could be a, I don't want to spoil anything for people who haven't read it yet, but that idea that Jen comes up with could could solve a lot of superhero supervillain problems. Yeah.
1: Yeah, totally. So... Totally. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: No, I was actually just uh gonna ask you if you want to jump in.
1: I have a gift. <laughs> I, just, I, knew it, I knew I was coming up next. Now, um, She-Hulk number one. I don't think I've ever read a She-Hulk standalone book before. I had to really think about it, and I, I went back through my poll list. and even tried to think about when I was before I was reading digitally, and I honestly don't think I've ever read a standalone She-Hulk book. Um, so this was sort of a sort of like a, an adventure to sort of dive in here, having almost. All of my knowledge of her being from her appearances in other books, Um, and as you can tell from previous episodes, I had not been keeping up with what was making her, you know, three syllable She-Hulk. All and then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. she's, uh, you know, back to being a legal scholar, and I didn't know, I didn't quite know what was going on. But I got to be honest, I read this, I didn't really care at that point. Um, I really liked that exchange. Uh, between her and Titania, and it kind of reminded me of that Wonder Woman issue where I can't remember her name. What was her name? Where she kept going to visit the, her in the uh, prison. Yeah, so it was that special. Yes. Yeah, I kept it, it. made me think of that. Um, that sort of slowly talking down and coming to resolution and sort of figuring out what's at the you know the core of the issues. I really like that sort of breakdown. It was it was done so quickly and so nonchalantly, but it was was really impactful. Um, and I think it was designed to exactly something that will probably come out later in the book and show exactly what, you know, show a little bit about who we want this character to be. Um, um, Maybe less of a, I took that to be, we want her to be thinking and thoughtful and compassionate and less of a brute, but also have the ability to be that brute and get that fix out of there. So I really enjoyed it. I I thought it was good. It actually went pretty quick. And even though I had no idea who that was at the end and I had to uh, Wikipedia that one real quick, but um yeah, I thought it was good. Um, Defenders, I have absolutely no idea what happened there. But I, I really, I really I'm not even joking, but I gotta be honest, I really loved all of the um identity discovery, you know, analogs that were that were going on in there, and I really I, I really appreciated it. Um, you know, it was a a very trippy story from beginning to end. There were a lot of conversations Each one of these issues was about identity and what that means in reality and what your reality is. And even though it didn't follow the standard, you know, nine panel grid, you know, straightforward story, of we're we're starting here, we're ending there and we're going to take this direct line there. um, I don't know. There was something about it that just made it. Interesting and special. This is one of those books that I'm actually thinking about going back and reading from beginning to end as a standalone and sort of seeing if I connect more dots as I go through. But that discovery, you know, in issue four of, you know, a, a little bit about identity and what that means and, you know, and, and taking that into the fifth, you know, issue. I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't know why. because I still don't know what happened, but I enjoyed it. There you go.
3: <laughs> well, it does all come back around. Where we began is where mm-hmm. we end and mm-hmm. then begin again. Very classic sort of doctor strange thing and with our new characters and we will see some of them again since steven can now you know ring up galactus's mom whenever he needs to apparently well steven
1: can't ring up anyone since he's dead but you know
3: oh well there are a lot of people dying in comics these days the justice league (laughs) are about to die so you know yeah
1: i think steven's dead for at least one more issue
3: (laughs) at least till may Mm-hmm. we'll have to get Clea's ser- series going first then he can come well, back well
1: have you been reading that book then <laughs> no but she's getting her own book next month uh, yeah I, if you want to get some head starts <laughs> no nope. you should go back and read death of dr strange <laughs> that's all
3: i'm saying you'll be dead in the new book I, i'll just go from there I love it. All right, go ahead.
2: John. <laughs> Steve. It's lightning round time.
0: Second lightning in a round in a row that Tom King is not going to get any love. Um Ooh. Strange Adventures number 1 through 12. So I've been putting this series off since it came out and I've I I I just find Tom King better to read in a big chunk. So we got Tom King with Mitch Gerards and Evan Doc Shaner on art with Clayton Cowles on letters. King is at it again with the deconstruction uh-huh. and mistreatment of yet another DC Silver Age icon. Um, for years, Adam Strange has been the hero of two worlds, protecting both Earth and Rand from alien threats, but... Adam's reputation and heroic nature are called into question for his actions during the invasion of ran by the piked empire is strange, a hero or a war criminal. What actually happened on Ran? who should defend earth from piked and who, who are now hell bent on revenge. And does anybody care? (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry. This book is beautiful. Gerard's art and doc Shainer. They kind of, Shayner does this stuff on Rand. Gerard's does this stuff on Earth. Tom King does not understand who Adam Strange is. He wanted to tell a story and he turns a lovable classic Silver Age Flash Gordon knockoff into a complete piece of poop for no reason. It doesn't it doesn't conform to any. Buddy who's ever read Adam Strange, the decisions that he makes, the choices that are done. Um, it it's it begins as a mystery and it's interesting. But as things start to unfold, I just I, I hate read the last three or four issues of this. And I, I wanted to like it because I loved Mr. Miracle. I love some of the things they've done. This, this just did not hit with me. And, and there might be people out there who love this and i'm not a huge adam strange fan but this this felt like a complete departure and and it this stuff in here that doesn't need to be here and it, and it just it fell flat for me and i'm kind of glad i waited to read it and then i'm kind of mad that i actually read it um better books
4: <laughs> hey Aaron,
0: have you heard of Nightwing? <gasps> wow. I heard of a, He's a, a Robin thing. He well, be a Robin. Uh the best oh. Robin, probably. Um Tom Taylor, Bruno Redondo, and Adrian Lucas, Adriana Lucas on colors and, and world <laughs> designs on letters. It's a sad day in Bloodhaven because Dick Grayson is still safer as Nightwing. Then he is his Dick Grayson is there is a $10 million bounty on his head for daring to do good things in Bloodhaven. Haven. Um, but even a bounty won't stop Dick from doing what is right nope. at a, a breaking ground ceremony for a new youth shelter to help homeless children in Bloodhaven, There are people who are shooting at Dick left and right, but they don't know that Dick has a very formidable family. And I'm not talking about the fat bat family here um that are into protecting them and they do it together uh this is a great issue uh they they've really landed after the fear state uh departure or the the little sidestep into the fear state uh redondo's artwork is amazing uh and that tom taylor not not just a, a great guy but a great writer And then (laughs) (laughs) someone's trying to make a friend. (laughs) Ah, no, I, I, no, no, of course not. But
1: yes. At least with one time. (laughs) One time. Ooh. Ooh.
0: And then finally King of Spies, number one and two, Mark Miller, Matteo Scalera and with Giovanni Nero on colors and Clem Robbins on letters. What happens when the world's greatest spy finds out he has six months to live? When well, he takes out all the bastard he spent the better part of his life protecting, of course, um, this basically, if James Bond found out he was dying, what would he do? And he would take out all of the prime ministers, presidents, uh, princes, and just earthwild scumbags <laughs> that the establishment has protected and might take out some bad guys while he's going out, like some Russian oligarchs, some um, you know human traffickers, and, you know, just totally detestable human beings. This is high-octane Miller. Mark Miller is hit and miss, but when he gets a, a really good idea and has a great artist join him, like on Magic Order, which Aaron and I have both talked about, he he can have some magic. And this is a four-issue miniseries with over-the-top violence and action. And Scalera's artwork has never looked better. Um, he he is an amazing artist and this is a really fun first two issues and I can't wait to see where it goes in the final two. And I'm done. Woohoo. Shut the damn Tom Shut
3: King, damn. Tom <laughs> King. <laughs> he's not having a good Gosh. night. Let me tell you. <laughs> you let me tell you right something now. about Tom
2: King. <laughs> no, let me tell Tom you. King is writing a book right now called The Human Target that is absolutely awesome. So good for Tom King.
0: Listen, y'all can
2: just go sit there in your hate corner and I'll be over I, here. Where, where, where I like
0: Tom King, I liked his Batman run. I liked I Mr. Look, Miracle. You didn't like it, you liar. <laughs> You're on to me. You figured I, it out. I was
2: very, <laughs> I got
1: real serious for a minute. <gasps> I was very honest about not liking it, but at the same time, I got a bob and weave here in DC because he lives here. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, I don't want to catch one in the back of the head. <laughs>
3: He did use to work for the CIA. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> this
1: is no,
3: this it's it's just, your number. There's a thing that he that he that he's now really famous for. And if you like the deconstruction, wonderful. If it, Listen, if it's no. become a trope that you can't stand, I mean, I I don't want to see Supergirl begging as she does in this last issue, which I didn't talk much about, let alone cussing every other word. Mm-hmm. it's what, what hmm. did you ever read a supergirl book ever did you ever watch the show it's as simple watch a half hour rep, of, of a one hour supergirl episode you'd get something out of it i, I, I loved adam strange I, i'm sorry Aaron. I, yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'll shut up in a second I mean, back in the back, back in the day the, those infantino issues yeah loved. the just was in love with those as a kid who grew up watching flash gordon so to hear mm-hmm. what you're talking about with this it's a app- it's appalling it really is yeah
0: he, he, it's like he wants to tell a story, and so he just picks what he thinks is an obscure character, or yeah. even a, a highly famous character, and then
3: Crap's doesn't even
0: write to write, doesn't even write to form. Sometimes, well,
3: I think, sorry, what, Aaron, well, I, think I think he wants to. Uh, I'll shut up in a second, Aaron. I'm sorry because I, <laughs> I just throw go. this out. It's he's a really really good writer mm-hmm. who has an idea for a a Tom King story that he then slathers on to a character that it may or may not fit on with Batman. It fit wonderfully. Well, I think for the vision, he had an an interesting take with that. I wasn't so thrilled with Mr. Miracle. A lot of people were, but I I think he's, he has story ideas. And as you're saying, John, he puts them on characters that may not fit as well as they should have. Go ahead, Aaron. I'll shut up.
1: Uh, I was just, no, first of all, everyone's opinion is valid. I I was just going to say, you know, I look at Tom King like not everyone should wear every outfit, you know, not, Mm -hmm. not everyone could rock a crop top. You know, some people can, (laughs) some people can't. I just look, I just think that maybe what is getting so much of the feedback because if you pay, really pay attention the feedback is pretty similar it's that there are keys to your to this style of writing that when you put everything in the collective you begin to see them repeating over and over again mm-hmm. um, and it's just the 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 deconstruction aspect of it the psychological aspect of it and the time jumps and those yeah. are great tools when used sparingly. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if they are the when they become the symbol of your writing style, then it becomes difficult to expect anything new from you, to expect anything different from you. If we can hold up all of these books and, and literally pull up those four or five tropes, then it becomes problematic. Because I'll be honest with you, that's kind of why I stepped away from his Batman run. I was really enjoying his Batman run from the in the beginning. I was enjoying Batman tiptoeing back and forth in between, you know, the actions and the consequences, the actions and the consequences. Mm -hmm. But then it became all very in his head. Um, And we understand, you know, some of the aspects of it. We understand Tom King's history and past and we get it. And it's a valid story to tell. It's not necessarily the only story to tell. And so that's kind of where I am with Tom King. Not hating him. I'm just, I would like to see your considerable talents put to something else. In a different way, stretch yourself. That's all. Yeah, stretch. Try a new tact.
2: Well, tune in next week when we welcome Tom King onto the show. (laughs) I have questions. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to talk to Tom King. That's not happening tonight. (laughs) No, I'm sure. I'm sure he's heard worse. He's He's another creator who's gotten death threats for choices that he's made in comics and otherwise. I did not sign
3: my name to those. (laughs) No. Okay.
1: Well, you know what the comments expressed by Bob Ryan do not reflect.
2: (laughs) I just want to say I'm enjoying Nightwing, and Nightwing eighty eight was great. But the issue that really stood out to me, I was catching up with it. I read the annual and then eighty seven. Oh yeah, I talked about that a couple weeks ago. That was awesome. Yeah, I know you did. Like I that. The artwork in that book was just off the charts. Like, first of all, it was all well what would be double page spreads uh for a lot of people, but like turning the iPad on its side and just watching (laughs) him like gymnasticize his way through Bloodhaven. And my favorite part, as entertaining as like the banter and the dialogue and the moving the plot forward and all of the things. You got to see a lot of Bloodhaven in that issue Uh as he was kind of flipping around. And there was just, there was a lot of like really heartening chicken fat and uh, other focal points like peppered in throughout his journey through that place. And I, as somebody who's not really, I'm very familiar with Gotham City. Mm -hmm. I'm not very familiar with Bloodhaven. It was really cool to kind of get a sense of what that place is about and a lot of the people that apparently live there. Yeah. And it was it was great. It was really, really cool to see. Very uh educational, yeah, if you will.
0: Um that was Bloodhaven was a like Chuck Dixon and Scott McDaniel back in the nineties the And the first Nightwing series did a lot of that with Bloodhaven, like really set it up and made it this it made it's it's like darker than Gotham. And and I think I like how Taylor's making Bloodhaven part of it, but he's also brightening Bloodhaven up with what Dick's trying to do. And and I I really, I'm enjoying that aspect of this book.
2: Yeah. I really like the, the, the Alfred Pennyworth foundation and the idea of him, like giving the kid the shovel to break ground Mm -hmm. and not, not kicking everybody out of the space, but actually building around them and letting them lay claim to it. Yeah. Uh, I thought the the speech that he gave about, you know, feel, not being kicked out of your home and not being, you know, relocated was really sweet.
0: Yeah.
2: And yeah, that, that book is just – it's awesome. I'm really, really enjoying a lot of the Batman I stuff going on. Like the last couple of years, there have been a lot of really great stories, but right now – there's just a bunch of really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman the Imposter just ended. I haven't read the third issue yet. I haven't either. But, um, but yeah. Yeah. Those first two issues were outstanding. Um, there's a chance that I might be doing a podcast about those uh, issues in particular. We'll Ooh. see. <laughs> um, uh, other than that, Nightwing, really good stuff. Uh, Anybody else got anything that they want to say about John's books? No, No? sir. Fine. Aaron, it's your turn.
1: (laughs) All right. So, uh, (laughs) if I must. So... <laughs> i'm sorry i'm checking my security cameras i thought i saw Tom king walking in my back. <laughs> oh, hold on all right everything's safe everyone's good
3: he's, he's masquerading as joe hill by the way so oh, watch no.
1: out I Got I to oh no. <laughs> put the blinds down bob and weave all right uh we're gonna go back to the milestone universe oh, we're gonna start with icon and rocket number five well, yeah i'm sorry i should say Hudlin Entertainment, Inc.'s Leon Chills, uh, Doug Brakewaite, and Andrew Curry. So here's the situation. Icon and Rocket have shut down the world's drug trade. You know, obviously the hope is that this will cure a lot of the ills of the world, especially those that Rocket gets to see in her neighborhood, which is essentially why she convinced Icon to be a superhero. But as always, the road to hell is paved with good intentions because it didn't quite work out that way. Basically, now fugitives on the run for a variety, from a variety of super secret spy agencies with a psychotic alien killer on the payroll. They are realizing that in the absence of the world's drug problem, did not cure a problem, but rather shifted it to something completely new. And now Rocket is feeling somewhat defeated and vulnerable because of that. After shunning offers to help uh, with for, for for a shoulder to cry on by another Dakota teen superhero, which figure it out uh rocket basically chooses to ignore all good sense and spend the day with a new kid in town which she may or may not live to regret um i do enjoy that they are answering the question that i have at, we have asked in the in past episodes why haven't remember we were talking about this with the other history of the dc universe mm-hmm. why haven't the superheroes addressed some of these issues that are existing in the neighborhood well then bam here we go. Milestone is jumping right in um, and doing that. And they're showing, okay, shutting that down is step one. The other part is now what happens? Um, and I think this is where they're going to go. Um, it's still superhero-y. Um, I I don't love the art, to be honest with you. It does seem like it's DC house style art, but that's fine. Um, it's very superhero-y. It's very real. It's very neighborhoody, which I very much like. Um, it's those things that we talked about when we were talking about the other issue of the DC Universe. And I think I'm going to really enjoy watching this story play out. So check that out. Done a little bit out of sequence. Um, I would say probably, if you're going to read it, probably get this week's Static and then read this. Because just do that. Anyway, next book. Excellence number 12, Brandon Thomas, Emilio Lopez, and Kerry uh, Randolph. Young Spencer, young Spencer, young Spencer. He thought he had it all figured out. He thought he had a plan in place (laughs) that would take down Aegis once and for all. He soon realized that he was way and way over his head, and he needed to get out of Dodge real fast. Um, Basically, he made his escape to the south, which seems counterproductive, if you know what I mean. Um, (laughs) But he made his way to the south, and he met up with an auntie he didn't know he ever had, and she basically started to keep her very real with him, which I love aunties do that uh, aunties do that she, she she was breaking it down um and smoking a little weed with them at the same time but wow. whatever it, it's all it is what it is well however you can connect with the kids do what you got to do um except for you john just saying it. Yeah. it so there's so many layers to what you just said i know take your time i'll wait um Basically, she fills him in on some of the missing pieces and gives him a much broader picture of what you know what things are what what's going on in the background, especially when it comes to that fourth law. If you've been reading the book, the fourth law is uh, magic is no longer allowed by females. She breaks down why that is, and the story, the history that we get to see back there is really really great. Because of all of this, and during this you know weed induced conversation, he's having with his auntie. Spencer begins to really wonder if he hasn't seen the full picture of his dad, you know, all these years. And maybe there's some way for them to connect um, and take this battle on together. Um, oh, by the way, in the meantime, Spencer is torturing his dad for the secrets. But <laughs> bygones. Um, in the end, we do learn that the real source of power in the Dale's family is not Spencer and it's not his dad. And that source of power has had just about enough. And I, based on that last page, I cannot wait to see what happens next. Anyway, seven secrets, number 13, Tom Taylor, Daniel DiNolco, Casper, what? All right. If you know, you know, bottom line, check that out. First page. Anyway, with every other page, I'm forced to kind of reassess whether or not I am backing the right team. And honestly, I do not know. I keep going back and forth. Mm -hmm. Um, We take a trip to the past. We learn a little bit about one of the cases, the fourth case in particular, uh, which we find out holds three possible futures, all seem to be linked to Casper, um, and apparently, whatever they are, don't inspire a lot of confidence. Because the next, uh, the conclusion that uh, Anon comes to is that he's Amon. Rather comes to is that he's got to die. That that process, that that whole thing, is in process right now. But friends are becoming enemies, enemies are becoming friends. It's becoming very confusing. But again, it really is making me think. Was was this the plan all along? Just confuse the hell out of all of us. Anyway, meanwhile, on the other side of the world, after permanently taking down a building full of bad guys, Casper begins to really question the same question we I'm having right now. Who? What team is he backing? Is he backing the right team? He's not sure. He tries to have it out with his mother, who, by the way, had been shot, um, and he saved after realizing, oh, guess what? I can fly. Um, that was kind of interesting. Um, and she. Stands firm She's like It's none of your business I don't need to tell you And I'm not gonna tell you Get over it He flies out of the plane Gets some fresh air Flies back into the plane Says alright Bygones we're good <laughs> Move on to the next time You know <laughs> bygones. They hug it out um, I thought I, I don't know There was just this; These pages just went by so fast You know And that was just a sign That I'm still loving this book So I There's nothing that I can say About this book That hasn't already been said So you really should be Reading this book Lastly, the book that won me the end of year award. I'm sorry, I know why. Um, Strange Academy number 15. <laughs> <laughs> um, Scotty Young, Umberto Ramos. So, despite the demise of our esteemed headmaster, the Strange Academy continues to move forward with obvious increased focus on defenses against the dark arts because, well, yeah. he's dead. Um, With that said, magic and voodoo kick things off with a really comical demonstration of what they're supposed to do. And again, I just, I love Scotty's take on these characters in these moments, um, made me chuckle. Um, basically every student has to then pair up and figure out how to do these things, how to, how to utilize their abilities and their powers to basically protect themselves. Well, remember Calvin learned recently that the only power he had was linked to a malevolent jacket, um, which he no longer has. Um, kind of annoyed that everyone is feeling sorry for him. He basically lashes out and uh, kicks a couple asses and takes a little bit of name. You know, uh, The question is, how? How is he doing this? Where is he getting these powers from? Well, long story short is I think our friend Calvin has gotten in way over his head. Um, and things are starting to go down a very specific after-school special road. And oh. I don't really like where it's going. Um, but... We'll see. I'm sure it's going to be um, the path. is going to be filled with heart and and just really great stories and friendships, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I'm excited about it. I still love this book. Everything about it—the story, the characters, the the heart, the the vibe, the feeling—it's it's great. So, and that is my lightning round. Seven secrets, John. Go.
0: Every time I think I have this book figured out, a new issue comes out, and I don't know. Anything, I don't know if I'm on the right side. I don't know if the right choices have been made. I love the backstory on the Queen of England. Um, yeah, that was great. That, was, that cool. was really good. And then yeah, Casper just goes out and flies and clears his head. Uh, <laughs> but, but this, I love this book, and I love the fact that I never know what the next issue is going to bring. And, and that get every time I see it, it's upcoming, it gets me excited and. and that's that's the sign of a good comic book. Yep,
1: I gotta be honest. I that Amon character. I'm like, how is it now? I'm sort of looking at him like, all right, you might have been right because before I was just like, he needs to die now. Yeah, he needs to die in this this the very next page. Now I'm like, uh, he may have been onto something. But it's Tom Taylor. He's pulling your strings, playing with your emotions. I tell you, I wasn't ready.
2: <laughs> I loved. The page where the agent says, "Did did he say he was uh, raised, raised by fairies? Yeah. Like, Don't get involved, Carl." And then he he leaves the plane, and then you know goes out on his little head clearing thing and comes back, and same dude is like, "We say, oh." Did he just jump out of the plane and come back in? Stay out of it, Carl. <laughs> yeah, I love that he knocks to come back in. <laughs> yes. just, oh. Don't ask questions that you don't want the answers to. Oh,
1: gosh. It's it's just so amazing. Cool.
2: I really hope that this agent, car- I hope they live throughout the entire book because I <laughs> am very entertained by them. Oh, yeah. uh, and I know what you what you mean about being conflicted at every page turn. This is uh, – Starting to become a very complicated yarn, and uh, I don't know whose side I'm on anymore. I
1: really mm-hmm. don't.
0: So, and they still haven't explained the return of the one character, have they? No, I was just
1: thinking that. I haven't seen that yeah. Person since. Yeah.
2: Okay. Good. I thought that I that they gave the explanation and I missed it. So no, I'm glad they, to hear that you're. They just went off on another adventure,
0: too. and it's just it's out there. We're waiting. All right.
2: Just letting it hang out, just letting letting everybody wait on pins and needles. Ah, <laughs> oh, Tom Taylor, come on, <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> All right, anybody else? Anybody else read any of Aaron's
1: books? I really think you should read uh, Strange Academy fifteen, if nothing else, for the magic and voodoo interaction. I just. Oh know. yeah, no, I I plan <laughs> on it. I plan on it. I and I'm gonna
2: get, I'm gonna get caught up with excellence as well. I just got a message from Greg that the um. The hardcover uh, that they kickstarted came, and he ended up uh, ordering me a, another one. So I'm gonna have to figure that out with him and uh, get that sent over to me. It'll probably be here by the end of the
1: year because shipping is just wild right now. Yeah, that book. Mm. It was, um, in hindsight, it was a very quiet issue with a lot happening. That's usually the way that book is, though. A lot of discoveries. I mean, there wasn't a lot of bang, boom, pow. There was a lot of uh, character sort of evaluation, um, history, um, expansion. um, And if you've been missing the ladies, get ready. (laughs) (laughs) As the the aunties say, (laughs) they can show you better than they can tell you. (laughs) and they're excellent and they're about to
2: that's something that i'm gonna to have to go back and do that do that from the beginning get reacquainted with everything i think
1: yeah there are a lot of pieces i won't lie there have been quite a few times because you know it comes out so spaced like the next one comes out yeah it's very the release is very infrequent i remember the last time that i tried to pick it up i was just like nope 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 yep. I had nope, to, no idea. Yep, no, I'd hard, no clue. Back. I went back. I think I went back two issues the last time an issue came out and sort of had to skim through that and be like, okay, okay, yeah, now I get it. Okay. I remember that. Okay, now I'm good. Yeah. Let's start over again. Some things
2: I can I can catch the drift of, or I can remember bits and pieces and I'll be okay. But other things just hard no. That was a that was definitely like I gotta go get re-schooled and uh and mm-hmm. figure this out. All right. Uh we can move on to my lightning round. Kaboom. Uh I do not have any notes, so this is kind oh, of a cool. work in progress. We're gonna we're gonna workshop this together. Let's talk about One Dark Knight number one, written and drawn by Jacques. Who is EMP? Batman
3: villain. Anyone no. anybody ever
2: heard of this nope. guy? No, nope. no clue.
3: Okay. Remember Adam Warren? Well, Adam Warren's empowered. It's not her, I'm sure. I'm going to
2: look him up. Hold on. EMP Batman.
0: Uh, This is a new character. Okay.
2: Well, let me tell you something. This was one of the most engaging Batman reads that I've encountered in quite some time. And that's saying something, considering that there's been a lot of great Batman stuff. Um, nobody else read this, right? Nope, it's on my do <sighs> pile. John,
0: John, yeah, I know you—you
2: you are going to love this. So anyway, EMP is, I, I guess, a new Batman villain who feeds off of the electricity and specifically the electricity inside of the city, and he is not mentally stable. He's having a hard time, and he is being transferred from Arkham to, uh, I believe it's, maybe it's Blackgate. It's one of of the new prisons, or maybe it's the new Arkham Asylum. I'm I'm not sure. He's getting transferred from one thing to another. And some characters are like, this is a really bad idea. You're making a huge mistake. He's fine where he is. And the other one's like, no, your way doesn't work anymore. We got to put him under better protection. We have this like anti-chamber thing that we've built and prepared for him. And we need to move him and we need to do it tonight. And of course, that goes horribly wrong, <laughs> and he gets out. Um, this is very much a setup issue, so I am going to kind of spoil this a little bit for those of you who haven't read it. But um, one thing comes to another, and he gets out. Things go bad. He becomes overloaded, and basically the reason that this is called One Dark Knight is is because he sucks the entire city's worth of power dry. And there's this massive EMP explosion inside of Gotham, and everything dies. Every every electronic, every vehicle, everything is dead. And the problem is that the next time that it happens, like if they don't get him into this chamber, he's basically going to be like an atom bomb. And they need to get him to this thing and get it powered up and figure the whole thing out. But Batman is like his all his stuff is broken all of his his batmobiles down everything that he's got is out of commission and so the book ends with him like getting him slumped over his shoulders and basically they show you a map of how many miles batman has to trudge through while there's all of these like warring uh emp enthusiasts that are trying to free him and start this whole war off the whole thing and batman's like well, let's get started and it's just like oh my god he's gonna have to go through the entire city with this guy slumped over his shoulder put him down to fight dudes and make it to the other end before everything gets blown up and everybody dies it is really 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 intense it is a very very cool setup for what i hope to be a really really awesome batman story uh these are like black label Three issue, five issue Batman stories that they've been releasing through like some premier creators have been really, really awesome. We mentioned uh, Batman the Impostor earlier. I cannot wait to finish that. I'm so excited to go back and reread those three and finish that off. Um, really, really, really outstanding stuff. I highly recommend it. Uh, another Batman book that I picked up and read was Batman the Night, number one Uh, I'll be a little less spoilery with this one. Uh, This is written by Chip Zdarsky with art and cover by uh, Carmine DiGiomenico. Colors by Ivan Placencia, and letters by Pat Brousseau. Uh, This is basically... (sighs) Bruce is going to Hugo Strange and trying to work out some of his... Problems that he's encountering, Hugo's trying to get inside of his head, he's doing his whole Hugo Strange thing, you know, prying way too far, and this is the story of bratty Bruce and how the hell is Alfred going to deal with this young man who has everything but acts like he has nothing, Uh, doesn't recognize his privilege, doesn't recognize the people that he's hurting, is maybe getting involved with some fight clubs on the sly. And there is this one moment between Bruce and Alfred where Alfred has to bail him out of jail and he picks him up in the car. And Alfred at one point, like, you know that when you're in the car with your parents and they make that threat of like, if you don't knock it off, I'm going to stop this car and I'm going to turn right around. Alfred literally slams on the brakes and pulls the car over and just like turns around in his seat and just laces into Bruce about all of his privilege and all of the the things that he has going for him, that he's squandering it away by getting into these fights and doing these things. It's a really great Alfred moment. Like the way that the car is lit in those scenes through the artwork, like it's almost just his eyes that you can see. And you can see how enraged and arched his eyebrows are when he's yelling at him. And I felt it. I felt like crap when that scene was done. I felt like Alfred was so pissed at me. And I I really, really love that the artwork conveyed that. Uh, It's cool. It's cool. I think One Dark Night definitely hit me harder than Batman the Night, but I still enjoyed it. And I'm I'm still going to pick up the next issue and see where it goes. Uh, Chip Zdarsky has turned into just such a a wonderful all-around creator that I get really excited by uh, just about everything that he puts his hands on. Uh, I am going to spoil another book. Sorry, Whoa. but there's there's these I sometimes I read these things where like the basics of the story is the first issue. And in the case of Rain Number 1, story by Joe Hill, adaptation by David M. Boer, uh, art by Zoe Thorogood, colors by Chris O'Halloran, and letters by Sean Lee. They spoil the end of the book. On the first page, that's
3: well, not a spoiler. So, that, that's yeah. Join the story in progress. That's okay.
2: Yes, yeah. you'll you'll have to you'll have to you know forgive me. But so there's this young woman named Honeysuckle who is fallen who she's fallen in love with a woman named Yolanda Rusted. I love these names, and they have they've found each other. They've fallen in love. They're moving in. Honeysuckles. Parents have uh, rejected her when they found out that she was gay and they're going, she's entered into this relationship. They don't necessarily want to have anything to do with her, but Yolanda and her parents and her family have been very inviting and you just, you get this overwhelmingly warm sense of comfort and understanding and pride from Yolanda and her family. And the book really does a great job of letting you know who these people are, letting you know how Yolanda feels about Honeysuckle, about their future together. They're so excited to be moving in with one another. The only problem is, is that there is a a weather anomaly one day and all of a sudden it starts to rain. But it doesn't rain raindrops. It rains these almost like crystalline long needles that come out of the sky unbeknownst to anyone and basically for miles just pierce the living crap out of anything that's out in the open and like almost like an apocalyptic event uh it has taken out yolanda it has taken out her family it is extraordinarily sad and you're left at the end of the book with honeysuckle at the moment being shielded from what happened and just kind of asking yourself, well, what do we do now? Meanwhile, trying to, besides picking up the pieces of your broken heart up off the floor for the loss that you've just witnessed. But I read this book and by the end of it, I went, who wrote, cause I didn't look at the creative team. I just picked it up and I was like, who wrote this? And I looked and it's Joe Hill's story. And I'm like, well, what do you know? Joe Hill wrote a Steve book. (laughs) He wrote it like just my, my comic book catnip for really tragic stuff with characters that you just become so enraptured by to have one of them ripped away from you right at the start. I'm like, where does the story go from here? do we find someone new? Does Yolanda somehow come back? Is Honeysuckle like able to turn back time and they 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 tease that like the storm is only getting bigger. And so like what is what comes next? And I'm I'm really super intrigued by it. Uh like I said, heartbreaking the Zoe Thoroughgood on art, positively stunning. Uh really affecting. I, I I absolutely loved it. Uh it's sad, but it's very good. So if you're willing to you know, except one with the other, you should definitely read read rain number one. It was fantastic. Uh, there's some really strong books coming out early this year and uh, I have a feeling this is gonna be a good one. Uh, I was gonna talk about something else, but I think I'm gonna save it until I get one more issue because it was a weird and uh, I'm I'm gonna wait on that. Uh, the other thing that I read, I'll just mention it super duper quickly, is Teenage Mercenary. Chris, Chris, our our friend and contributor and co-host of Thirsty on and just perked up. I could see it. Uh, I started reading Teenage Mercenary on Webtoon by Raekyon. This is a really fun, really ridiculous series about a boy who was in a plane crash when he was nine years old. His parents disappeared and so did he. And for 10 years, he was trained as like the ultimate badass mercenary and was deployed to a bunch of different places around the world, kind of working not as a bounty hunter, but as like a cleanup person and taking care of missions, kicking ass, shooting people, doing the whole thing. And now he's going back to high school and he's supposed to be hiding who he's been for the past 10 years. But unfortunately, his sister, his little sister, is being very, very bullied at school. And dude wastes no time kind of, you know, using his specific set of skills to let everyone know that there's a new badass on the block and that they can't uh, keep bullying his sister like they have been. And it's super funny. It's super charming. Uh, I really love the artwork. Very manga-ish. And in color, not uh, black and white. And just, I don't know. It's just, it's a good read. I'm only three episodes into it. There's like 34, 35 currently. Uh, I'm into it. I'm into it. The more, the more I investigate Webtoon and explore that app, uh, the more I find that I really do enjoy it. And it's a great alternative if. You've read, like, a bunch of comics and you want to mix it up a little bit. You can go on Webtoon and go and check out a bunch of stuff for free, mostly. So, that is my lightning round. I will now take questions those are all (laughs) i was waiting for john to
0: chime in (laughs) i got nothing that rain book sounds depressing as hell (laughs) (laughs) hey you met the love of your life hey there's a needle storm
2: (laughs) that's exactly
0: what it is that's (laughs) exactly
2: and it's like it's not overly graphic but like they did they real dead (laughs) Um, it is, there's this cute little vampire boy in it. he's got some kind of, um, sickness going on where he can't be in the sun for too long. So he pretends that he's a vampire and he hangs out in his garage and he's really adorable. Uh, he did not get hit by the rain. He's in the
3: garage. Good so
2: yeah, good. Yep. Smart. So I wonder if this is honeysuckle and I don't know his name, vampire boy, we'll call him. <laughs> Bela. <it>, uh, <laughs> trying, trying to survive the rain. But I mean this is some harsh stuff like it was going through cars it was it was really bad. So I uh and it's I don't know raining. what's going to happen. Like it's what's just that? it's still raining like the storm didn't pass. No it tapered off but it's one of those things where like the storm clouds are growing that it's it's expected to rain again and in at a larger radius. So the question that you have when leaving this book is Like, is this an end world event? Is this something that is just going to keep accumulating and growing and just destroying the whole city? Because as far as I know, it was just a couple of miles, but it could be a lot more than that in a few days time. I don't know. Um, I just they spent a lot of time showing you this relationship and showing these two characters growing together that it was one of those things where they managed to really, really endear me to a character within one issue that to have them die by the end was really, really affecting. I was upset. Yeah. And, you know, certain comics and certain, certain creators and stuff really need a lot of time to flesh that stuff out for it to really hit. And uh, I just think it's a testament to the storytelling that it was as – dramatic for me as it was when it happened, even though I knew it was coming. I kept reading every page. I was like, no, no. Like this is one of those like false narrator things. And, you know, or it's not going to happen this issue. And then sure enough, mm-hmm. like, cause it's nothing, 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 nothing about the rain. And then within the last few pages, the storm clouds gather and everything goes south. And you're kind of just left standing there being like, Oh my God. Like what did I just watch? What did I just read? So, you know me, I like devastating yeah. stuff. Apparently. Yeah, apparently. I do. I do. I I like stories that are like
0: awful. I'm going
2: <laughs> to make you feel yeah. terrible or wonderful or something.
0: Just I don't know. Do why like why why do it? Hands? Do you love watching that romance be stripped from all existence? <laughs> yeah, Steve. Say, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do is. you like sadness? <laughs> Yikes! Uh,
2: Listen, I can deal with it when it's people. Do it to animals, we're gonna have a fight. Speaking of animals, have you <laughs> kept up with Primordial,
0: John? I, I'm waiting till it's done. I have, uh, I have them all. There's one issue to go. Um, I thought you'd grown kind of quiet about that. I was wondering, I was like, Oh, is he not enjoying it anymore? I think it'll make a, a, a huge comeback in next month when I read it. But have you, have you been following what they're going to do?
2: I've only read the first issue oh. and I was,
0: I was okay on it. No, I mean what Lamira and Sorrentino, they're like making their whole, a whole, whole horror universe. And they're going to start releasing like original graphic novels and comic books within that universe. Through image. Whoa! When was this announced? Sorrentino's been posting things on his uh, Instagram, and it—I I can't remember what the the first volume's called, but the here I, I can look it up. But it, you gotta put it in the news outline. No, man. I, I, I just—I'm look- sorry. Yes. Um, no, that. They, but they're they're crafting this whole um, new horror universe. Disruptive at meetings? The Bone Bone Orchard (laughs) Mythos, which is like the free comic book day. And then they're going to do The Passageway in June, which is an original graphic novel. 10,000 Black Feathers is a limited series in the fall. And then Tenement is an original graphic novel in 2023. So it looks like they're going to alternate – uh, limited series with the original graphic novel but it all fits into this bone orchard mythos horror universe that they're creating that's exciting that's cool it is i mean i love hell yeah art and i love Lemire, and uh i mean gideon falls was was incredible they're, everything they've done together has been amazing so i'm i'm definitely on board uh but primordial i'll get back to when it's done i just i just it's yeah. six issues. I just think I, I need it to be done before I get back into it. I got to that point with uh, May's book, the, the new Lemire mm-hmm. joint that's
2: going on. I think, I don't know if it's ended or if it's ending with the next issue. I don't know, really know what the status is with it, but um, I stopped reading it after three because it was getting like super dense and yeah. super emotional and I didn't want to lose the vibe of it. So I think that's something that's going to be best read, um, altogether. Some, some creators and stories are just like that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, all right. Uh, thank you for throwing me a question bone, (laughs) gentlemen. (laughs) Let's, uh, let's hit up a listener question for a quick bit before we get out of here, make some closing statements, announcements and whatever, but we got to we got a question coming in from the real Brad Bell. And they want to know thinking about switching to digital comics for storage reasons. I hear that. I'll tell you my story in a minute. Uh, how many of you read digital? How is the experience? What services or devices do you recommend? Okay. So, uh, does anybody else want to jump in here or should I go first? Go first. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. So thinking about switching to digital comics for storage reasons. I hear you. Uh, My comic book buying is, some people would say, out of control. Uh, I know some people that are just as bad or worse than me, but not far. Anyway, I was, not only was I moving to Canada, so I really needed to think about storage because we didn't know what kind of place we were going to end up with when I moved here from New York. But I was buying comic books so quickly that even the entire room that I had dedicated to it was already getting overcrowded and out of control. Something had to give. So I needed to go digital while still buying collected uh, items and then saw certain graphic novels and stuff physically at my store to support, you know, a pull box and support the local store and stuff like that. But going digitally has really, really helped me a lot in terms of keeping everything organized. Uh, I don't have to deal with ads when I'm reading comics, which is really nice because I can find them to be quite disruptive uh, back when I was reading the floppies and whatnot. And uh, yeah. So, okay. How many, um, how is the experience? I, I think it has its ups and downs. There is nothing quite like having the physical comic book in your hand. That being said, print quality is something that comes into question from publisher to publisher, and sometimes you get uh, instances where, if you think of the uh, the Wonder Woman, the uh, Amazon Historia book we were talking about during the awards, Mm -hmm. Uh, part of that release that was a bit of a detractor for me, even though that book is stellar all around, is that the center of the book kind of caves in a little bit, and some of that artwork is lost. So when you have a digital comic, even though it's just on your screen, however big that is, you're getting the full picture. Um, And you can adjust the brightness, too. So some people would say that that kind of corrupts the proper colors that you're supposed to get, but I find it to enhance the experience a lot of the time, especially if I find some of the artwork to be a little dark. Uh, I will brighten my screen just a little bit and I'll get to see a few things that I didn't notice the first time around. Uh, And then lastly, I will say what services or devices do I recommend? Uh, Comixology of course is the standard. Uh, It's pretty great if you get Comixology Unlimited, which gives you a library of stuff to read from that you can borrow from the company. Uh, it also gives you certain discounts on books, including new books. Um, I get several books a month for free in discounts because of the way that my uh, membership with them works. And um, I guess the, the guys, the other guys can tell you more about stuff like Marvel Unlimited and DC uh, Unlimited, or whatever it's called. I don't have any of those. Um, but before I shut up, Webtoon. Go Webtoon or Tapas. If if you want to expand your horizons and go and check out other comics and other creators that aren't working for these other companies, go and download Webtoon. There's so much free stuff on there. And there's a lot of amazing creators and stories happening on that app. I cannot recommend it enough. And you get to, you know, taste everything a little bit before you buy into it if you want to. Uh, you can use these things called coins to borrow things from their library. Uh, but a majority of stuff that I've read has been all free. So sometimes you got to wait for it, just like you got to wait for issues of new comics. But it's been an outstanding alternative to, you know, your LCS style comics. Uh, it's great. So, um, Bob, do you want to hop
3: in here? I'm still 99.9% physical books. During the Mm -hmm. awards, I had to find other ways for some things, but for me, it's just the very old-fashioned, I like sitting in a chair, pouring a drink, the right music on, sitting with an actual book. Some of the problems I've had with digital books is just that it's the reverse of what you're talking about with Historia in that the whole guided view idea sometimes takes me out of a book because I'm now not seeing the layout. I'm not seeing the page.
2: I never use that. I know Aaron likes to use that. I yeah. never use it. So
3: it's a, it, it, it's something to keep in mind that you're going to have to relearn how to read a book in some ways to get the full impact of, of what a creator might want to do. So keep that, keep that in mind. But if storage is an issue, there's nothing else to do at this point, but definitely the digital is the way to go.
2: Yeah. I will, uh, before we move on to our next contestant, I will tell you right now I have, okay, I have 5,007 individual comics in my comiXology account right now. So imagine that on top of the several thousand that we already have in the basement and like you're talking about people that don't just collect comics, but also collect films and video games and consoles and art supplies and everything. Like we just don't have the space, even though our entire basement is one giant nerd cave, we're still out of room. So in terms of of space, the digital stuff has been, you know, a huge, huge help for
1: that sort of thing. Um, Aaron, how about you? So I am I'm trying to think, well, I guess I would say 99%. I think the things that are not digital are things that I bought at cons and things of that nature. So usually I collect things there. It's just a more convenient situation for me. I was running out of space and I mean, I live in a house with three floors by myself in three bedrooms and I was still running out of space to put <laughs> things. So once I donated... Some of the books to my nephews um, and you know just decided which trades I wanted to keep and sort of s- structure them you know a certain way I just began to shift out also at the time I had like a a medical thing I wasn't able to like leave you know and do a lot of stuff outside just I don't know five six years ago um, so I had to uh, depend on it if I wanted to keep reading and it was one of those situations where I just never went back because of the convenience of it all and also i I tend to carry my iPad around with me if I'm sort of running errands around town or if I'm, you know, heading to different places. So if I want to crack something open and start reading something that I was into, I can do that on the spot. I, I And I understand what everyone's saying about the guided view. You're not obligated to read a guided view. You can read it, you know, in the full page just as it is on the, you know, in the, in the book, on the, the hard copy. Um, you have a choice. Um, but I mean, it's just some, it's really a convenience thing for me. It's being able to have my comics with me. Cause I generally, if I leave the house, I have a bag with me, um, like a, a messenger bag or something like that. And I will throw up my iPad, you know, one of my iPads in there and I will just, if I'm, you know, stopping to get coffee somewhere or if I'm, you know, stopping anywhere, if it's summertime and I'm like stopping in the park or whatever, then I will just yank it out and maybe... Start reading something that I had stopped off on a while ago, and just sort of you know take that opportunity. And it's just convenient to be able to do that without having to sift through all your collections and try to determine which ones I'm going to carry with me today. Don't get me wrong; I understand the the beauty of reading on the page. It's just when I when I want to sort of read and just sort of get things done. That's a it's a perfect opportunity. The other thing yeah. I'll say is all those other those other the DC Infinite. Uh, Universe and Marvel Unlimited, those are specific to exactly what they are, what what the publishers are providing. So if you're looking to sort of make the complete switch, then those two are not going to do it for you, unless that's all. Do you So do you
2: recommend them? And I would also mention that there is a waiting period, there's a grace period for what actually shows up on the app. So you kind of have to be
1: comfortable with waiting out a couple of months for stories to reach it. I would recommend them um, if you are – it depends on what your use case is. If your use case is one where you want to replace altogether your entire comic buying uh, process, then no, I wouldn't recommend them for that. If you are someone who likes to have access to history and things of that nature, then yeah, I would recommend them because that's what they essentially provide. Um, And also, depending on your use case and how much you're buying and what you're able to read – you know, one in in one sitting, it may be useful to have that three month waiting period or six month waiting period for the other one is three months, or one is six month, because it may not it, it, it may all come out in the wash, and you may find yourself paying a set fee in for the year and being able to read all these things rather than buying them outright each week. So if you're into the big, you know, the big two, then those things may really, if you're willing to wait, may really pay dividends that way, but um, they're not aggregators for your entire comic book experience. So just figure out what your use case is and figure out how to utilize the uh, services that are available to accommodate them. But I mean, I think if you're the most well-rounded one is obviously going to be Comicsology. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Well said, John, do you want to add anything?
1: Jump in here.
0: No, I'm, I'm probably 90% still physical. Um, I still get my weekly books and, I I eventually I'm going to run out of space, but I'm not there yet. Uh, but I, how are your kids around comics? They're good. They've been, um, they know they have their books. So like sometimes I, like I just have extras or I will go through my, like my long boxes and, and purge things. And I used to, um, I used to box up stuff and take them. We have a um, children's hospital attached to the university of Iowa hospital. And my friend used to be; she was the the nurse that one of the head nurses, and so I would take boxes of stuff that I didn't read anymore, and was never going to read, over there, and then they just put them out for the oh. kids to read and destroy because, you know, they, <laughs> they will. They're, I mean, you know, they're, if they're kids. Yeah. And, and, yeah, they're kids, and my my own kids have they have like their their books that I've given them um, back pre COVID. Anytime we did a Drive by or stop at the comic shop. My daughter <laughs> always got like a My Little Pony, and my son got something Venom. He got uh, Venom. He got Venom now. is okay. now his pull list. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I have my my wife is very patient with me. She, I have a back corner of my basement that's uh, it's about thirty or forty long boxes, and oh wow, and it's currently eight bikes so that it's just my i know and then my whole eight bikes is that for the whole family or just you i have yeah just me um no yes (laughs) you have eight bikes yeah and i'm dude sell some of them they all have a purpose steve
1: Stay out of his
0: life.
1: <laughs> you don't know his life. Stay out of his it, life.
0: Yeah, He's fine. No. He, He's but, a- I'm learning all kinds
2: of things about John the last few weeks.
0: <laughs> anyway, I I really appreciate the the digital for when I want to go go back and read things. Like that's why I like having Marvel Unlimited and DC Infinite, because I don't need to go downstairs and, and find the, the trade collection of like the Claremont X-Men. I can go to Marvel Unlimited and I can read them all there. Uh same with DC and I I I got to say I think DC's been doing a pretty good job of updating their books. It used to be they they would matriculate in and out uh but now they seem to be pretty steady there and and I would say DC's even very good. Like all of the all of the milestone books are there first um and for free. I learned that the, the hard way. Mm-hmm. Um I, but if you want to if you're if you're looking for like monthly read batman every month and obviously comicsology is the way to go uh it's a convenience thing i i find myself like Aaron, if i'm going somewhere if i'm traveling i just throw my i my my uh ipad with or take my ipad with me and i can open it up sometimes if i know that you're reading like pe- people on this show are reading a book and i'm not going to get to the shop or I didn't pick it up at the shop, but I should read it. I'll do that. Um, but I don't buy a lot of like monthly books, uh, through comiXology, but I have a, like I have lots of collections and, and older stuff that I've picked up there that I go back and read. So I, I think that's where I'm at with it. All right. Yeah. All good stuff. All
2: good perspectives. I hope that, uh, We answered your question. The real Brad Bell. I keep thinking the real big fish. I don't know why. (laughs) Don't ask me
1: why I know. I don't know any real big fish songs. Don't ask me why I know, but I think Brad Bell is actually the creator of The Young and the Restless. Wow. I'm not kidding. This is the real Brad Bell, R-E-E-L. No, understood. I'm just saying I think that's probably why. He had to create that name. I
2: have to say all kinds of celebrities popping into the uh, the podcast or the the mentions this evening. <laughs> uh, but we won't talk about that other one. Mm. Let's uh let's wrap this sucker up. Let's talk about the books that we're looking forward to this week. It's that time. Uh Bob, what are
3: you picking up? Almost nothing wonder wonder girl number seven which is the final issue what yes it's being canceled and it's being folded into trial of the amazon's wonder girl and then it's over with uh-huh. and the special batman catwoman we'll, we'll see how special it is and that's that okay. is it that's the
2: whole <laughs> ball of wax so, you're going to be going into the archives for next could, week, I take could be, it.
3: But there's some stuff from this week I didn't get to, so you never know.
0: All right. John, what do you got? In- Buckle up uh, Batman Catwoman <laughs> special number one, DC versus vampires number four, Detective yeah. Comics 1050, Justice League number 71, Robin 10, Static number five. Oh. Superman and Robin special number one. Wonder Girl 7. Deadly <laughs> Class 50. Saga number 55. Amazing Spider-Man 87. Avengers Forever 2. Black Panther 3. Devil Reign 3. Marauders annual number one. Thor number 21. X-Deaths of Wolverine Jeez. number one. X-Men 7. Once in Future 24. And that is it. Oh my god. I told you it was big. I think you... you-
2: You definitely beat me this week. Hot damn.
0: Your LCS must
2: love you. Plus, you got to pick up your son's books, too.
0: Yeah, I think there might be a new issue of Venom. It's waiting for you. Mm, Eddie Brock. (laughs) Eddie Brock.
1: (laughs) Uh, Aaron, what are you picking up? I just went to a weird place. Um... (laughs) Thor twenty one, Justice League seventy one, X Men seven, Death of Doctor Strange five, Wonder Girl seven. Although I don't know why now. Once in Future twenty four, Morado's Annual Static five, Ordinary God seven, and Dark Blood six.
2: I saw a Yara Flor Funko figure the other day. Buy it quick.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: <coughs> I should have bought it. I didn't. I bought the uh, I bought the Candyman with bees Funko instead. <laughs> it's a good, good one. one. Uh, for me. Uh, a lot of what you said john i'm getting dc versus vampires detective harley quinn number 11 the human target the great tom king book i'm <laughs> also greg smallwood on that joint very very good number four coming out robin 10 static number five wonder girl number seven uh the amazing spider-man 87 devil's reign 3 x-men 7 Crossover 11, Dark Blood number 6, House of Slaughter number 4, Monstrous number 36, still going. Newburn number 3, Once in Future 24, and Saga 55. I cannot believe that we're finally here. I am uh, going to have to spend some time rereading some Saga. I think I'll have to do the arc before. Where we left off, get reacquainted, and that's huge. I have a feeling we'll be talking a lot about that next week. That might even be in a, an open discussion
1: section if enough people read it. We'll see. I don't think crossover is coming out this week. Uh, is it not? The second comes out uh, February second.
2: Oh, all right. Well, then that's more money for me.
1: Sweet. All right. Uh, is Dark Blood number six coming out? Um, I. Yes. It, well, okay, good. In theory, <coughs> in it's theory. supposed to, in
2: theory. Awesome. Looking forward to that. Uh, oh my God. I have to cough so bad right now.
0: Hold on. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I think Newburn comes out in a week, too. I think it comes out in February.
2: Well, then doesn't that just ruin everything?
0: It's all good. It just save
2: me. It'll count. come out when it comes out. Yep. No, I read that for free on my Comicsology Unlimited. See, pew pew, pew finger Woo-hoo. guns. Um, actually, I don't know if that's part of that. I think it is. I don't know. Oh no, it's the review folder that I've been I've been pilfering that from. Yep. Um, closing statements. Does anybody
1: have some? I did a couple of episodes of uh, Progressively Horrified. Congrats. Well, why don't you tell us about it? I just did. Oh my I mean, god! What movies? <laughs> what movies? <laughs> I did Blackula. Love And Blackula. I did uh, Nia Dacasa's Candyman. Yeah! I think they're both going to be posted in uh, February sometime. Who
2: are you on the Candyman conversation with?
1: A bunch of people. I can't remember everyone. No, uh, it was uh, the Candyman. was Emily Ben Emanuel... Oh God! What oh, was the other? I'm so sorry. Is Emmanuel Pacino? Um, no. Um, oh. <laughs> what was the other one? You never know
2: with them. They have people on all the time.
1: Molly? Um, Molly. I think it was name. I'm
2: so sorry. Uh, no, it's okay. I, I put you on the spot. It's all right. Um, I'm sure. I'm. I'm just. I'm curious as to if one of the people that I requested to come back to talk about the other, the other Candyman movie, is also on this one. I hope so. Uh, but that's fantastic. Um, so those episodes will be coming out soon. That is the Progressively Horrified podcast. Definitely go and check them out. Speaking of podcasts, as I already said, the 10th annual or the 10th Talking Comics pa Awards podcast is out. It's on the feed. Go listen to it. We crowned our winners. Uh, and make sure that you check those feeds regularly while we still do some site maintenance and try to figure out what the hell's going on because new podcasts are going up all the time. Uh, there are new episodes of thirsty on tune. The uh, Bronwyn and Chris covered the webtoon Zocker uh, got a really nice uh, response from the creator for that one. I think they're going to put another project with them together. Uh, and then they dropped what they're calling a chaser episode, uh, like a pre-game Monday episode for the Big Bad Wolf series from uh, Charlie Adhara. Uh, Those are actual novels, not uh, Webtoon stuff, which is why it's a Chaser episode. still a lot of fun to go and listen to, and all kinds of new songs and stuff. There's a lot going on over on that podcast. And uh, yeah, before we get out of here, I just want to say hello and thank you to everyone that's new listening to the show uh if this is your first episode or your first couple of episodes welcome we have had a lot of new followers and a lot of new subscriptions and a lot of just a lot of traffic and traction going on uh ever since the launch of thirsty on tune and the award shows always drawn up a lot of attention and stuff like that and uh It's awesome. It's awesome to see people following us. It's cool to see new people asking questions. We absolutely love questions. Speaking of which, uh, you can still email us. Podcast at TalkingComicBooks.com is where you can send your questions. Or you can tweet us on Twitter at Talking Comics. We love to answer questions. So if you got something burning in your brain... Just send it our way, and we will do our best to fit it into the show. If we don't get to it, the immediate episode, it's usually the one after that. So uh, just hang tight for answers. Sometimes we get a little backed up with those. But uh, other than that, I would say that you could go to TalkingComicBooks.com where you could find reviews and features from our fantastic contributors, but it's kind of broken right now, so don't
3: do that. Uh, Bob, where can our listeners find Old you? You email email Ryer at TalkingComicBooks.com.
2: Yay! Joey is at Joey Brichino online. Aaron... Hiding from Tom King. <laughs> <laughs> also at Aaron your- Amos. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Burkle, what is your stuff? <laughs> at
0: John P. Burkle.
2: And I am at dead underscore anchoress on Twitter. So for Bob... See
0: ya. For John... Goodbye.
2: For Aaron... The same. For me, thank you so much for listening. Be excellent to each other. And until next time on the Talking Comics Podcast, to be continued.